project your voice in those types of things. And that actually, uh, along with every Easter speech (laughs) that my mother had me marching around the house learning, and I had to also learn my cousin's Easter speech. We grew up in like sisters. Um, So those were the formative years of my life and of my career, really, when I look at it. Um, So cultivating, I think it's so important. And that's why even when I talk about my children, I smile because cultivating the gift, when you see the gift in a kid and then cultivating that gift and allowing that child to be who she or he was created to be is just an amazing thing. And I am so thankful to my mom for seeing that and not fussing at me all the time saying, stop talking. She didn't say stop talking. She said, find something constructive to talk about. Find a way to use your voice in a way that can have impact. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heat Fluence Podcast. Um, it's really hot in Florida right now. Like it's it's we always laugh because I, I was I was telling Tina today that I I love I love the warm weather. But uh, it's I can see it going towards the the type of weather that I don't like. And I know uh, Tina is in St. Louis. I've been in St. Louis when it's been hot before and it gets really hot during the summer. Right. Like like. (laughs) And so she's from also from the south, has family in the south, went to college in the south. And so we were just chatting about her daughter receiving a, a, a track scholarship. And just we have a lot in common. I always say that God doesn't make mistakes. Right. Like he knows who to connect us with. I told her that I prayed a couple of weeks ago and went into clubhouse just by, uh, and I, I heard, and actually today I had a 30 minute break today. I started at seven and I go to seven tonight and I had some little bitty breaks where I eat and I do meal prep. I'm pretty intentional with what I do. And, um, I went in and, and clubhouse today and my friend, Sally Cologne was interviewing Richard Roberts wife about her new book. And wow. I was like, wow, like <laughs> here we go. Like, and she said, and 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 I one of my good friends, Dr. Mark Rutland, was the president for several years at Oral Roberts, and 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 several of my family members went to Oral Roberts University, and so um, I'm very grateful for connections and time. And and Tina is very tied into one of my my mentors, Dr. John C. Maxwell. She's interviewed him. He's interviewed her. They are very they are very close, and I love that. I love what she stands for and who she stands for. I read all about her stuff. I read her bio, her website. I read everything. I feel like I know her. But now I'm about to get to know her a lot better. And I told her, you know, a story where I kept saying I, I, I grew up in an alcoholic father's home and I suppressed a lot of my childhood. Right. And, and I kept saying as I got older that I felt like I knew Dr. Maxwell and my, my wife's like, yeah, you know, we've been at his conferences sitting in the front row and, you know, we banter with him at events and stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, like, there's something that I'm missing. And one day he did a teaching on the the 15 laws of growth. And I was like, okay, I'm taking this. And I paid for it. And I sat down in front of my living room one day and he began to speak. And he said, hey, I I pastored a church in Lancaster, Ohio. And immediately the tears just, I began to weep. And I was like, I turned the volume up really well. Right. And he said that, you know, um, and that's the church I grew up in. It's the church I got saved in. And and uh, and then he then he talked about this guy uh, that constantly 
came to his office every Thursday and served him, just did whatever he wanted to. He took his, did his, did his laundry, took it, took his, took the dry cleaners, whatever he needed. And it was my neighbor. So I wow. thought, wow, like what a, what a way it's the same reason say, Tina, I say why my wife figured out later on in life that, uh, her father was not her biological father. God knows when we need to hear things right when we need to hear him. It's he's always right on time. He never, he doesn't miss anything. I think, you know, we, we always say this, my wife and I always say, you know, uh, sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. You have to slow down and listen. I was just, and on that same pod and on that same, uh, uh, clubhouse today, my friend, Tim story was on there and Tim was Tim and I, I've had Tim on my podcast. I've had Dr. Eric Thomas on my podcast and we talk a lot about times in our life. Right. And I, and, and you being an entrepreneur and being a speaker and a teacher and a coach and all the stuff that you do, I asked Tim how he balanced out coaching and ministry. Cause he's a pastor of a church, just like Dr. Eric Thomas is and how he travels and speaks. And I was like, well, how do you do it? And he said, 50, 50. And I was like, Tim, is it really 50, 50? And he said, well, what is it, Mike? I said, isn't it a hundred, a hundred? And he said, I'll never say 50, 50 ever again. I'll always say a hundred, a hundred. And today when we were in clubhouse, he said, Hey Mike, it's, it's still a hundred, a hundred, right? Because we <laughs> always think that we know. So yeah. Tina Grimes, welcome to the Heatfulness Podcast. I'm super excited to get to know you. I, I, like I said, I feel like I do a little bit, but I'm excited. I'm more excited now that you told me about your daughter and all the stuff that you guys are doing. I know that it's a busy season for you, but I know it's a rewarding season. So welcome to the Heatfulness Podcast. Thank you. It's busy and rewarding. And I have two amazing children. I uh, just awesome. want to say that. Yeah. And my daughter actually took the academic scholarship, uh, but she's a scholar athlete. So she gets those choices that are absolutely amazing. So thank you. I'm glad to be here. So tell me about your other child. Yes. So again, I am so godly proud of my children. Uh, So I'll rewind. Uh, My husband is uh, Bishop Mark Grimes, and we've been married for 22 years. And uh, God favored us with two absolutely amazing young people. Um, So it's been a busy season for us because we had two graduations within two days (laughs) of each other. Uh, My son, Mason, uh, finished eighth grade and he is uh, just an amazing kid. He's a golfer. He does martial arts and uh, my type of guy. Love golf. Yeah, he's all things uh, engineering and he builds and he constructs and all of that. Um, He's just a great athlete all around. And so he's still kind of exploring some other things as well. Uh, But it was just so exciting that he graduated eighth grade and will be going on to high school. Um, And then Maya uh, graduated high school. So uh, two days after Mason's graduation. So it's been an extremely exciting time. And um, as I was mentioning to you as well, she's had speaking engagements. They're calling her the million dollar scholar for getting this uh, over a million dollars in academic scholarship offers. Um, and as I mentioned, she is an athlete and she is also an entrepreneur. So I call her triple threat. <laughs> love it. I love that. And um, yeah. And my son, uh, it's so funny. Uh, she has hired him. Uh, He's her intern. So it's just an amazing thing to watch the two of them together. And uh, just 
it's just really a blessing from the Lord. Like I cannot complain. And I just, I'm watching their lives unfold. And as a speaker, coach and trainer, I've been at this for almost 30 years now, believe it or not. <laughs> I jokingly started say, when you were five or 10. When I was right? five. How did you know? I knew it. How did you know? I was just it. about to tell you that I started at five just jokingly at five, but, uh, you know, so doing this and it's just been amazing for them to watch us in action and watch, uh, what God has called us to do. I'm really uh, big about not only identifying purpose for myself, which I was blessed to do at 23 years old, but, uh, my purpose in life is to be a catalyst and connector and help other people identify and get crystal clear on why they breathe uh, and what it is that, um, why they have breath in their body. Because I believe that if we all inhale right now and then we exhale, because we're able to do that, there's still something for us to do. And I have been blessed uh, since 23 years old to know exactly you know, why I have this breath in my body and what it is that I'm supposed to be doing in life. And there's no greater joy than understanding purpose. And so um, watching my daughter now uh, go around and speak and, 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 and talk about uh, her story and um, my son um, enter, entering into debate, they both are speech and debaters. And it's just been really an amazing. That's thing. awesome. That's awesome. One of the things I really think is really awesome just to hear you uh, smile because if you're listening or if you see one of the uh, the ads, it just it's really good to see the smile that uh, Tina has when she talks about her kids. And one of the really thing is is you know um, uh, my wife and I did not get to have kids, uh, but we still love and trust God. We 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 at at our wedding. This is the funniest thing. We had two tables of over twenty. We had over two hundred and fifty people at our wedding, and we had two tables of 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 thirteen. So twenty six kids. That I, when I, tr they're now adults. And when I trained them in high school, they were my, my athletes. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> and they all came to my wedding. Now, some of them married, some of them, you know, um, working for fortune 500 companies. I mean, just the things that God does with the people that you train. And, and it's really funny. You said your daughter's name was Maya. One of my, I took a, I took, I, my wife said, Hey, why don't you take like one or two of the top high school athletes? Cause we get in inquiries every month of people wanting to work with us. And I took a young girl who's a hurler. Her name's Myra Abraham, and she's a junior here, and she's really good. She's fantastic. I I actually wanted to go to Ohio State. She's she's really good. She, she's only a junior. She she jumped close to eight. She jumped a little over eighteen feet, and I think she can jump nineteen or twenty feet next year, and that'll get her a scholarship to any school she wants to go to. And she also yes. ran. She also ran forty four seconds in the hurdles. Uh, with hitting over the with hitting the last hurdle, ended up finishing seventh at state, where I think she could have been up there in the top three. And next year, she could do even better. So, I, I I honor you talking about your kids. And and so, tell me about your life previously to twenty three. Like, what happened before you understand your purpose? Because sometimes, like for me, Tina, I figured it out like at forty. <laughs> Hey, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing was, is I remember my spiritual father, Dr. Randall Langley, who is the president of CLST, one of the largest theology schools in the world, uh, said to me one day, I was in, I was in my early thirties. He said, look, if you don't figure this out, you're going to be 50 and lonely. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. And he's like, yes, you will. And he, he just, you know, this is something that I learned from John Maxwell. He said, look, if 
you if you're always having somebody tell you what you want to hear, you need to you need to have people tell you what you need to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, get out of that room and go be around smarter people. And he said, you never correct without encouraging. Right. You always encourage and correct, encourage and correct. And, and my, and that was Dr. Langley. He's like, Hey, look, you're a good looking guy. You're super successful, but you're a ding dong. <laughs> basically, <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, like, how do I figure yeah. this out? And I remember this Tina, and then I'll let you dive in. I remember him sending me to a counselor and, and, and I, and when I got there, I walked in and, and I knew him, I knew, I, I knew him cause he go to, went to our church and he said, Hey Mike. And, uh, he said, sit down. And I, and he walked over and he left a crack in the door. And I was like, everybody's going to hear us. Like, I don't want to sit down here and pour out my heart and everybody's going to see us. And then he said, then he said something that I'll never forget the rest of my life, Tina. He said, if you're here to hear what you want to hear and there, I left a crack in the door, you can leave and pay my secretary and close the door behind you and come back when you're ready to listen. He said, but if you're ready to hear what I'm going to say and what God's going to say, then go close the door and sit down. And I ran over, closed the door and sat down. And that very, that very man, that very man gave us the largest gift at our wedding that anybody had ever given us to us a large sum of money. And you know what I figured out, Tina, it was almost as much money as I had spent in counseling with him that he gave wow. back to us 12 years later at our wedding. Wow. So That's just, incredible. just how God used that. So tell me a little bit about like your, like growing up and what got you to there and what got you to where you are now? Yes. So I absolutely love to talk about this part of my life and journey, Mike, uh, because when I look back, I see just how strategic it all has been and how God orchestrates in ways that if we just trust the process <laughs> and trust him, we land exactly where he's purposed Amen. for us to land. So I think back to, um, well, let me start all the way back because I have to say this, because some people listening um, may have found themselves in this situation. And oftentimes when I talk to people, they feel like, oh, you know, I was a mistake or these various types of things. But I want to tell you, so I was born to Oprah Elaine Davis and um, my mom and dad were high school sweethearts. And, um, you know, I was born uh, when my mother was a freshman in college. And so my mom was found out she was carrying me. Um, and because we have a very supportive family and always have and our village is tight uh, within our family, uh, my mother left Louisiana because both of my parents are from Louisiana. And my mom left Louisiana to come to St. Louis to go to college because her older sister was here um, attending. Uh, she had just finished nursing school. Her older sister had and was a nurse here in St. Louis. So my mom came here, enrolled in University of Missouri, St. Louis, and she was carrying me. So I always say I started college very early, <laughs> very early right. on, right? Yeah, so you heard all that stuff going it. on inside that womb, right? Heard all of that. I went backwards. I was in college first, you know, before even being in nursery. So my mom was carrying me. And then at seven months old, uh, my maternal and paternal grandmothers said to my mom, uh, let, let us help you out. Um, and while you finish school, send Tina to Louisiana and you can come back and forth, you know, um, on breaks and things like that. Let us let us support you um, and help you to finish school. And that's what my mom did. 
And so I was in Louisiana in the early years um, uh, through kindergarten while my mom finished college. And when my mother graduated from college, then I came here to St. Louis. But every week on weekends, on holidays, you know, either my mom was in Louisiana or I was here uh, in St. Louis. And so when I look at just how my life, um, just the foundational years of my life, I'm so appreciative Um, I wrote a book several years ago called Grandmother CEO uh, because of that experience that I had uh, with both grandparents. But specifically, this one was about my paternal grandmother um, because she uh, lived until six years ago. Um, And the CEO stands for Caring, Elegant and Outstanding. And people who know me uh, know that I'm Elmer Basil Thomas's granddaughter and I'm Mary Ballou Davis's granddaughter. And uh, because they poured so much into me um, throughout my life. And so in those early years, uh, I remember when my mother brought me here to St. Louis, you know, I learned how to adapt and I learned uh, how to excel in various environments um, because the same kid that I was in Louisiana that they, you know, said, oh my God, she excels in school. When I got here to St. Louis, I started kindergarten. And oh, I'm sorry, I finished kindergarten there and started first grade here. And I just jumped right in and I've been a connector my whole life. So I'm highly eye wired, right? So I am a behavioral oh, yeah. analysis I'm trainer. A, I'm so a high eye too, Tina. I'm, I'm a, a high eye. I'm an ID. I'm an ID. You're, you're an ID. Okay. That's yep. my daughter. My daughter is an ID. I'm a high ID. Yeah. Yeah, Maya's ID uh, wire. I assess everybody. I like Maya in my already, <laughs> and everybody in my life, I'm assessing them always. My but wife's a C. I. My wife's totally opposite. She's a CS. Well, my husband's totally opposite. He's high D. <laughs> so imagine that, right? But we have been married 22 years. He's so. good. Yeah. <laughs> you balance each other out, right? Yeah, we've been I married know. 22. But yeah. yeah, so you know, so being highly I wired, I'm very relational. And I value people and I value relationships. And so in those early years um, coming here and it was exciting for me to meet new people and meet my new teachers and all of that. However, it was in fourth grade when I started to realize that all of these straight A's on my report card with the comment section always saying talkative (laughs) that there really could be something done with that. You understand me, right? I had the I had. And also, I, I will have to submit. I, Tina, I had small brain seizures when I was a younger kid. I don't. Ha- I, I grew out of them and got, But I had the first ever in school suspension in the third grade because I was always talking and getting in trouble. And I, you know, back then they used to they used to draw the little circles on the chalkboard, and you had to put your nose on the chalkboard. And I would I would be the one that took the. I would go like this with the with the eraser, and I'd flick it underneath there so that it would put underneath my heels. So I just had to act like I was putting my nose in the circle when really I was just standing there with my feet. My heels had the little uh, racers underneath. Them. So, yeah, I that it. is hilarious. But yes, so I always, you know, school came easy. Academics always came easy for me. But I knew that my mother's eyes were going to go down to the comment section and it always said talkative. And so here's the thing, though. This was the game changer. And this is what I talk to people about a lot. So in fourth grade, two things happened. One. Nobody wanted Miss Kincaid, Yvonne Kincaid, for their fourth grade teacher because they said, she's mean, she's mean. But low key, Mike, I wanted Miss Kincaid because I really liked her. But then there was something about her that I knew that we would connect. And so I had to act like I didn't want to be in her class like everybody else. But she stretched me 
in a way that I had never been stretched before. And so I remember getting my report card and my mother looked at it and she's like, okay, you know, you're doing great in, in school and in classes as always, but what are you talking about so much? And I mean, I remember so vividly her saying that, what, what were you talking about so much? So I went on to tell my mom, you know, what I'm talking about in class. And she said, well, two things, one, you're bored but I'm still not going to let them skip you because they wanted to move me ahead of grade. And she said no to that. She said, but I'm going to talk to Miss Kincaid and have her give you more assignments and more things to do. Now, who wants to hear Thank that? Thank you, mom. Right? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But it was the best thing that happened because Miss Kincaid saw a gift in speaking and writing. Wow. And so Miss Kincaid uh, started allowing me to write different things. And I remember in class writing uh, in a paper, I said, I'll never settle for mediocrity. And Miss Kincaid circled the word mediocrity and she wrote mediocrity. And she said, keep stretching, keep doing it, keep using new words. And I was so encouraged by that. So I started writing more in the classroom. And then my mom, it's like they tag team um, and my mom said, I want you to start presenting to us. And so my family would be the audience and my mom would have me get up and I would do presentations and they would clap. And then my mom would say things like, give me eye contact and project your voice and those types of things. And wow. that actually, uh, along with every Easter speech <laughs> that my mother had me marching around the house learning, and I had to also learn my cousin's Easter speech. We grew up in like sisters. Um, so those were the formative years of my life and of my career, really, when I look at it. Um, so cultivating, I think it's so important. And that's why even when I talk about my children, I smile because cultivating the gift, when you see the gift in a kid and then cultivating that gift and allowing that child to be who she or he was created to be is just an amazing thing. And I am so thankful to my mom for seeing that. And not fussing at me all the time saying, stop talking. She didn't say stop talking. She said, find something constructive to talk about. Find a way to use your voice in a way that can have impact. And that's where it all started. And so over the years, I found every opportunity to speak. And what I realized was that, and, and I spent so much time, you know, I would volunteer in church to emcee the programs and everything. And what I found is that by the time I got to high school, um, I was constantly doing that. I was encouraging people all the time. And I found that I was encouraging people through what I was writing or things that I began to speak. Now, here's where things shifted a little bit. So I was also good in math and, you know, did well academically. So guidance counselors don't always tap into, um, the God gift, right? No. <laughs> and now I appreciate if you're they tell me They told me that I wasn't going to graduate from high school or go to college. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. They, so, they so don't know the God I know. I said, y'all don't know the God I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored and seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. You don't know the same God I know. So yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so I know there's some guidance counselors, there's some great guidance counselors that are out there, but what I even help them to do now is what I'm talking about now. Like I even have a resource where I go in and help guidance counselors to understand and get underneath 
who a kid is and how they're wired. And that's even for college students as well. But what happened is um, my uh, I, I entered a, a program where I was doing an internship and it was for, you know, gifted kids. And, you know, we got these internship opportunities. And because I was good with numbers, they were pushing me more towards accounting and things like that. And so I did four years of internship at Ralston Perina, which is now Nestle Perina. But the thing that it did for me, for a lot of people, internship, help them solidify what they want to do. What it did for me was made it crystal clear what I did. I not don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 Man. no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am people oriented, you know, so I am not as excited about making these numbers work. You know, I am people oriented. So sitting here number crunching while I can make this work and make this happen. It is not what is inspiring to me. And so that is what I believe was the game changer for me early in life. I was able to tap in and say to myself, hey, self, if you're going to wake up every day and do something, you want to be happy doing it. Amen. And and for me, that happened early. So once I um, finished college and um, I did go ahead and take the job in finance um, and I was miserable going to work. I was about to say, how long did that last? (laughs) Oh my God, I I, I call it itis. Uh, I was getting every itis, pinky itis, toe itis, like anything that could hurt was hurting as mm. I was driving to work every day. And the blessing for me was I made the decision in year one, actually at the ninth month, wow. I cannot and I will not uh, wake up every day and do something that I am crystal clear about uh, not being the purpose and call that God has for my life. Wow. And so- one may say, well, how did you make that tie in? And that's a part of, you know, what I didn't share is like all of my life, I have felt the presence of God in my life. And I have known that I had a relationship with God, like my entire life, you know? And so when at 23, I just started saying, you know what, if I'm going to be here and operating and walking around on this earth, I have to be making impact. And what I said to myself at 23 was every day that I wake up, when my feet hit the floor, I want to know that I'm operating in purpose. Boom. You know, one of the greatest things, and there's one last thing I want to talk about this last 10 minutes. One thing I really want you to to believe. I I had this really, and I won't go into it, but I'll give you the the brief and down version. So in right before COVID, I had a dream. Uh, Tina and God's in the, I mean, let's be realistic. One third of God's word was broken through the Holy spirit, through dreams and visions. Right. And, and, and I started having these really prophetic dreams. I'm still having them. They're, they're freaking unbelievable. And, and it's because I asked God, like, I'm really war in heaven. I'm really, uh, I've never been more like tomorrow. My wife and I are unplugging all of our electronics for 90 days, like no TV, just all anything to do with work is fine, but anything else, We're just getting rid of it because we really, um, Myron Golden taught me, he said, look, and then today, my very first podcast interview, she's like, "Uh, I think there's some things that you need to reevaluate after this call. I was like, no doubt. Like I got a whole page of notes (laughs) right here, right? Like, and when you step in and what God told me in my dream, Tina was, is I I had this dream, a brief version of, I had this dream. And there was a row of doors behind me and some of them were broken. Some of them were on their side. Some of them were good. Some of them were fine. And then in front of me was these doors that looked beautiful. Like there was a light shining through them and they were perfect. And on the left, there was a single door. And when 
I was in my dream. I was like, where, why am I here? God, like why? And, and, and Jesus walked into my dream and he walked behind me and he put his, he had done this in one other dream where he put his hands around my ear, my eyes like this, like blinders. Right. And he said, and he, and then, and then he, then he whispered in my ear and he said, um, here's what we're going to do. He said, this is your previous life. He said, and I'm standing behind you because you don't need to look back at it. You've already been staring at it for some time frame now. He said, but here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to pump the brakes on, on my permissible will for your life. And we're going to step into my perfect will for your life. Yeah. And I, was like, and, I, and I was like, okay. And then, and then he said, and then I said, you know, what's next? And he said, close your eyes. And then he said three times, can you see it? Can you see it? And then on the third time I heard the door slam and I woke up from my dream. Hmm. Wow. And I was wow. weeping and sobbing. Like what, what, what's next? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are we doing? Right. Like, and I just knew I had to change. I had to pray more. I had to war heaven. I had to verbally, uh, you know, cry out to God. I had to fast. I've been fasting the first five days of every month, you know, just really warring out, you know? And so that's, that's that. So that just confirms. So let's, let's talk this last piece about this. So it, y'all heard Tina say in the very beginning, she is, and I took, I always take notes because I always want to know like, what, 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 <laughs> I'm taking, uh, uh, I'm taking notes in it. And, and I always say this, you'll hear me say this at the end of the podcast. I say the difference between the wisdom and the knowledge that we learn from connections and being around the right people is the action that we take once we learned it. And one of my friends, Jim Quick, who is a brain expert, he's probably one of the, he, he works with Google and Apple and and all these major companies. And he, I, I had the privilege of meeting up with him and having lunch with him over here in Orlando at the biohacking conference. And he had, he had just came out of sitting in a hyperbaric chamber for like an hour. And, and, and he's, and, and I, I'll never forget one of the things that he taught me. He said, when you take notes, he said um, that you draw a line down the middle of the page and on the right side, you take acts, you write where action you're going to take from what you've learned. And I was like, and that made a massive impact in my life, Tina. So you said you're a connect- catalyst and a connector in teaching people on how we breathe. Yeah. Finish this last bit of time telling me about that and what yeah. that means and how people can understand that in the bigger picture of that. Absolutely. So my company name is Tina Enterprises. And my mom knew what she was doing, naming me Tina. It stands for turning intent into action. <laughs> Yep. Turning intent into action. Yeah. So I'm the person that you don't want to share your purpose with if you plan on sitting on it and not doing anything about it. So I have had the privilege of uh, going into corporations on a daily basis. I'm working with CEOs, with middle managers, with aspiring leaders. And I am working with organizations and individuals to help them to not just remain in the lane of good intentions, um, but to really help them get crystal clear on purpose. Now, when I talk about purpose, I shared it from a personal standpoint, but for organizations, it works the same way. So what are their core values? You know, what is the culture that they desire to have within their organizations? And I really help them to paint a very clear picture both individuals and organizations to paint a very clear picture of what it is that you're currently doing. You just had me laugh. I'm sorry. You made me laugh. You made me laugh. I I started (laughs) writing down my, my core values when you were talking about that. I'm like, I'm going to take some action right now. I told you, I told you, tell me some more. Yes. 
as a catalyst, that's what I'd make you do, right? So when I start to share things, it moves people to action. Um, because there's one thing to consistently say, this is what I want. And here's the trick that a lot of people believe that they're moving in the things or they're moving towards their, their goals and their dreams, but you can uh, get so clear on and talk about what you want to do so much that it can make a person feel like they're actually doing it. And that's with individuals and with organizations. So Fortune 500s, ministries, you know, where there are people and individuals who are in a place, I my gift is to be able to listen. And as a high eye personality style, you and I both know it takes work to listen because we like talking. But my gift is to be able to pause and I listen and I hear very clearly where an individual or an organization is. And then something happens in my brain, like and it processes. And then over here comes exactly what that program is that I need to put together for that individual organization. So I'm doing, you know, one-on-one coaching. I, I just get a thrill because I go to all these award ceremonies in my city and around the world where people are receiving these top 10 awards and top 20, this or that. And they're my clients. You know, they're people that I'm working with on a consistent basis to help them to move into where they're uh, wanting to go. So turning intent into action, that is, you know, me helping people to understand, you know, if you're going to be here and you are, then let's not just mark time. You know, let's, let's have strategic movement towards where it is you want to uh, end and not just constantly thinking about like, this is where I am and this is where I want to go. So I have a blast doing that, you know, and um, like I said, it's been almost 30 years now um, that I've had the opportunity to do that. So it's just as natural for me as sleeping or eating. You know, as soon as I hear someone start to talk about something, then I immediately pause because I'm listening to them. And even if they don't ask me, like in my mind, I'm thinking about, this is what I want to share. She's already reading like my mind, you guys. That's what she's telling me right now. She's already <laughs> seen some things. I'm, 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 I'm a sponge, Tina. Sponge yeah. me out. Like, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so Mike, I, you know, I do that. I go into corporations, organizations, into ministries. I have some very large ministries that I work with and I have some, you know, ministries that um, are smaller ministries where there are people who have a heart a heart to be better leaders, to be better communicators. And again, to move from intent to action. Um, that's what I'm doing on a daily basis. And I, I know that it's my purpose in life because, you know, just like you, when I just start talking about core values, you started to write them down, you know, so naturally, I got them right here. I got them right here. That my, is my, what, I got them. I got yeah. my, my core values are love, mm-hmm. honor, integrity, and humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you it's go. So important. Yeah. And it's so necessary. Um, le- it's just time for leadership, time for great leadership. It's time for leaders to arise who are transformational leaders, you know, who are folks that are not I centered, you know, but are we centered because I, I am one of those people, you know, it's not the Miss America pageant answer for me when I say we can make the world a better place. Like, I really do know that we can do that because I'm working with incredible, amazing individuals. And if we each are able to tap into our purpose and our God-given gift and potential, when we put that thing together, oh my goodness, like, what is it that we cannot accomplish? So I really believe that we are the answer that the world needs to see. And I'm doing my part, one person, one organization at a time to make that happen. It's fantastic. I'm so encouraged. Like I, I, 
we were talking earlier about how the devil was trying to keep us from talking and keeping this from getting together. And I told her earlier in the morning I'd set up cause I knew I had back to back to back to back appointments. And I got up at like five and prepped our food and did all the stuff that I normally do. And I'm a big proponent of sleep. So I went to bed super early last night, mm-hmm. like eight 30. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I believe how we do one thing in our life is how we do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I realized that, um, you know, I, I had this this vision of asking, seeking, and knocking, mm-hmm. and and Tina, I really thought you know most of us we kind of knock like this, yeah. When we really need to knock with authority and yes. power and passion, right, and just yes. beat down the door, right? Like like God wants us to beat down that door. If the bur- if the door if the bur- building's burning down, you're beating the tar out of that door and getting that door down, right? Like yes. why don't we do that yes. with God when God says you know, come boldly to the throne of grace, come boldly mm-hmm. to him. Right. And so, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so grateful. Why don't you tell us real quick how people can connect with you, find out more about you, like where they can go and, and, and how that works. So I'm excited. Absolutely. So, um, in order to reach me on all social media handles, I'm at Tina will speak T I N A W I L L S P E A K. So at Tina will speak on all those platforms. My website is tinaenterprises.com. Um, and of course, my email is just as easy. It's Tina will speak um, at gmail.com as well. So I'm just so excited. You know, um, what I didn't say earlier is that, you know, God has really allowed me. Um, I call it uh, marrying the middle. You know, so what I get to do in corporate America, what I get to do in ministry is all one and the same. Uh, so I'm really excited about um, just what is more to come um, as I help people um, and then meeting amazing people like yourself. And um, just as a connector, when you reached out to me, I was like, absolutely. I'm a connector too. So that's why we always connect really well. I'm like, even after this, we have so much more to talk about. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. We said that. I said that to my wife. I was like, I think, I think these people today, we're going to have a lot to talk about if an asset, especially Tina, just because how we have these connections. And so Tina, thank you so much. I I think what's really great is I say this to end all my podcasts. You didn't have, um, you didn't know this, but my, I always say to end my podcast, love God, love people, live with passion, vision, and purpose, passion, vision, and purpose. We people perish for a lack of knowledge and vision because they don't ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. We freely can ask for it. I, I, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Like really, just stepping in and and really, you know, um, I, I, I said this earlier today. I struggled with rejection, right? And I realized mm-hmm. that uh, I have a really good friend of mine that I just. Re- it's amazing when you pray, Tina, how God brings these this really, li- really not just like minded people, but heart minded people around you, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I just interviewed her on my podcast. If anybody hasn't listened to it yet, you need to go listen to it. Um, it's her name is Louise Taylor and she has a massive prophetic ministry where she, tr- she coaches seven, eight and nine figure earners. She's in Australia. So her time frame is different, but she just, uh, she really said that she took a liking to me and my wife and she began to prophesy over us and speak over us. And it was a confirmation of a prophecy that we'd had way back in January that was spoken over us for 40 minutes. Okay. And when Mm -hmm. that happened, I started really protecting that, right? Like protecting those words and protecting the people that come into our things and people that we do business. And now we've, we have more, we literally have 100 to 300 leads every month of people wanting to work. So 
we we know that God is choosing people that want help, not people that we have to drag. It's like we don't have yes. to pull and push. And if people say, oh, I can't really do it. We don't. I mean, if I said some of the names in ministry that I've had to like let go as clients, you would you would know them because they're. Yeah. They're, and, but I'm not going to pull them and drag them to want it better. Themselves. Yes. Yeah. I realize that no matter how successful in ministry are, I, I, I said this the last couple of weeks, a couple of times. Um, I was reading Ben Newman's book and Ben Newman is, is um, um, uh, the, uh, is he's, a, he's a coach, but he also speaks and teaches. Right. And uh, he's Nick Saban's coach, the, the football coach at Alabama. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Nick has been in the, in some controversy lately about with, with Deion Sanders and some other people about recruiting and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, he said, how you speak and talk and how you act and how you do things in one area of your life will affect every other area of your life. And then you have mm-hmm. to, you have to hone it back in and take control of it. Right. Yes. And, and we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. It's how we react to the situations in our life when we fail. Like, you know, yes. I, I've always realized that trying to make a relationship that God's closing the door on work doesn't work. It works even in the negative, right? Mm-hmm. Like we try to mm-hmm. fix things, right? Um, yes. I, I always send loud at heart to my guy uh, coaching clients, right? And uh, and they come back and they read it and they say, oh my God, I read it in like three days, right? Like they just can't put it down. And I think when we're in that space where we're really striving and we're finding our purpose and we're doing those things. I think that that's what God steps us out of his permissible will and into his perfect will. So perfect will, thank yes. you so much for joining. If you're listening, I pray that you will look at the show notes, follow Tina, get connected with her, pray for her. You know, uh, she's in a great season. I'm excited. I can't wait for my wife to meet her. My wife always said, well, I'm probably going to want to listen to today's episodes. Like, not when they go live, but like tomorrow when Don finishes editing them. So yeah. thank you so much. And guys, if you if if you're if you're listening, as I said, love God, love people, live with passion, vision, and purpose. And thanks for listening. Until the next episode, God bless y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heatfluence Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.